You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Priya. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend. I had a really fun weekend. I participated in a couple forms of horsepower this weekend. Um, I was at a racetrack earlier, but then I went to Bonio Park. And for those who don't know Bonio Park, it's basically just this beautiful, amazing equestrian center um, on the peninsula. And I went and I watched the Australian Show Jumping Championships. So that was really fun. Um, it made me really miss it. And I did kind of think, oh my God, it would be so nice to get back into this, but I definitely don't have time for it right now. And also my bank account says otherwise. So yeah, I might just hold off on that for a bit and just continue watching it from the sidelines. But I did go to a racetrack on Friday, actually. There was a test day on. I believe it was the first test day of the year. But yeah, there was a test day on. So I haven't been behind the camera in a little bit. So I thought I'll go down and I'll do some filming. I had a friend there. So I just got some videos of him and it was quite an enjoyable day. It was quite hot, but it was really quiet. Good vibes. Everyone's happy to be back out. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be down there in the next few weeks for some Gen 3 testing um, if these cars get built soon. But yeah, it was really nice. So Tanea is obviously still in America um, and we couldn't keep her away from motorsport, of course. So if you have been keeping up with her socials, you will see that she's been going and watching some motorbikes, which is really cool. So she's definitely enjoying herself over there by the looks of it. But we'll get straight into today's guest. So not long ago, Tanea caught up with Lauren Hazelwood, who is a partnership executive at Motorsport Australia and champion for the FIA Girls on Track program, which we love here at Girls on the Grid. So her and Tanea talked all about that and a bit of what she's doing for that program at the moment and about her role at Motorsport Australia. So let's get straight into that chat. Lauren Hazelwood, welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thank you, Tanaya. Attention, please. Attention, please. <laughs> the final test is being tested. Please ignore all times. What about the timing? <laughs> the timing is impeccable. The perks of being back in the office, Tanaya. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best opening to a podcast that I have ever, <laughs> ever had. That was brilliant. Started on a high. <laughs> All right, let's um let's go again. Lauren Hazelwood, yes. welcome to the Girls in the Grid podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Lauren, how was your festive season and what are you most excited for for 2023? Oh, the break. Um, 2022 was such a, a big, big year. Um, I think everyone's spoken about COVID, so I won't harp on about that too much. But, you know, living in Victoria and Melbourne, um, not having any motorsport events was just such a shock for me. I've grown up with motorsport my entire life. It's almost every single weekend something's on. And, um, yeah, to have two years off effectively of not going to the track and then full swing into it in 2023, uh, uh, 2022, sorry, it was yeah, quite a shock to my system. I was like, is this what I used to do every single weekend? Surely not. Um, so yeah, the break was just awesome. Just to kick back, um, 
watch a bit of cricket, watch a bit of uh, the Speedway action. Um, yeah, it was just so nice and catch up with family as well. So, yeah, can't complain. And 2023 is going to be a great year. Really looking forward to it. It was a bit of a culture shock, wasn't it? And, like, just to just to be back, you know, seeing all the people that you used to, you know, spend so much time with and back. Yeah back on the grind of, of the traveling circus. I, I certainly struggled those first couple of events. I got sick and I was so run down and burnt out. And I was like, like, how did I used to do this? How was, how was this like my everyday? Yeah. And I never used to think twice about what my life was like. And then COVID happened and, you know, just chilled out for two years, went straight back into it. Um, you know, I work for Motorsport Australia, so we have the Australian Rally Championship, the Australian Off-Road Championship, um, and then also the Speed Series. So, you know, and a few supercars rounds in there as well. It was um, it was quite a shock every week. I was on a plane flying somewhere and, yeah, just um, tried to manage it. And, yeah, it was so good to catch up with the motorsport family while my family's involved in motorsport. I look at you know, people in the media, uh, people at the track, um, all the sponsors that I work with, you know, we're all like a big family. So it was, yeah, it was great, but it was also super overwhelming at the same time. 100%. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but like when the the whole first wave of COVID happened, I was like, I don't need motorsport. I can, (laughs) I can live without it. And then I was like, I don't have any friends and no social circle that's not attached to motorsport and now I'm officially a loner come around 2021 when Sandown supercars happened for the first time again and I was like yeah and I was back and I was like let's go let's go yeah Yeah. and now that motorsport's just back into the you know the proper full event mode um you know the restrictions are gone um it's just awesome to have it back I remember going to I think we had a Shannon's round at Sandown in 2020. It was the end of 2020. It was a real reduced round. It was uh, more of a club event than, say, the Speed Series that we all know and love now. And I just remember going to the track and I could smell the race cars and I thought, well, this is how I know that I love motorsport because the smell of the cars, I was like, oh, I miss this so much. Uh, Obviously, I miss the people, but the cars, um, you don't get that on the road. It's not the same. (laughs) 100%. So speaking about Motorsport Australia, your current role is as a partnerships executive and you're also a champion for the Girls on Track program. We love the Girls on Track program. We talk about it in pretty much any chance we get. We talk about the Girls on Track program. But before we get into where you are now, I want to talk about how you got to where you are. How did that, you know, how, where did your like love of smelling race cars and being in the motorsport and all that sort of stuff. Where did that start first for you? Yeah, I guess it's been quite a journey for me and my career progression alone, but um, getting involved in motorsport was something that I always wanted to do. Um, you know, I have memories of being as young as three years old, you know, going out to Malala, going out to Collin Grove and watching my dad rip around in his, um, you know, yellow XC Falcon. And it all started at Grassroots Motorsport. Um, we'd be at the track, you know, every couple of months just cheering on Dad, um, doing non-competitive stuff at the track. And, um, you know, we always just watched the racing, whether it was supercars or off-road. Um, you know, we were always, you know, in the thick of it. Um, but, yeah, I always had a passion from a young age. Um, obviously, my brother 
grew up racing go-karts, so I was at the track every weekend, um, you know, cheering him on. Um, did have the opportunity to race, but I guess I was probably a bit scared or I didn't have the confidence back then. Um, I wasn't as brave, even though, you know, watching dirt carts growing up as a kid, um, there were plenty of women racing. So I guess it wasn't, you know, if you don't see it, you can't be it for me. Um, it was just, I was really just a really shy girl growing up. But, um, and then when I grew up and got older and choosing career pathways, I guess I got out of high school. I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, where does, you know, where does Lauren Hazelwood work in the future? So I was a bit stumped. Um, and I guess I was like, well, I like, I love motorsports. So how can I create a role that will exist in this sport that I know and love and have grown up with? Um, and for me at the time, my brother was racing, I think, Formula Ford. Um, I was doing press releases for him just for his mailing list and, keeping his sponsors updated. And um, I had someone in the industry reach out to me. He goes, you're a really good writer. Have you thought about, you know, working in media? And I thought, oh, someone's told me I'm good at something, so I should do that. So uh, I got accepted into a Bachelor of Journalism at the UniSA, um, completed that course, and then basically moved to Melbourne from Adelaide back in 2015 now to work at um, CAMS, which is now Motorsport Australia, as their media coordinator. Um, was there for yeah about three years and then moved on to work at Matt Stone Racing as their media and events manager. Um, and I guess this is where sponsorship kind of comes in. When I was at MSR, I was working with a lot of sponsors and you know creating sponsorship proposals as well as managing all the media for the team. Um, and then an opportunity came up at Motorsport Australia for the partnership executive role. So after a year in supercars, um, I was also contracting to Motorsport Australia at a time to look after all the Shannon's uh, Nationals media. Um, I decided to, you know what, sponsorship's where I want to be. I've loved media, but I think I've found my patch now. Um, and yeah, that's what's led me to my current role as partnerships uh, executive at Motorsport Australia. I've been here now, I think four or five years. I lose track, um, but yeah, it's a big family here at Motorsport Australia. Um, I know that you've had Priyanka on the podcast as well who looks after the Girls on Track program. But, yeah, working professionally now um, almost for a decade in motorsport has always been a dream of mine. So I feel very privileged to be, yeah, in the position that I am today. And something that I've noticed is, you know, obviously how intertwined both media and sponsorship are. Obviously one yeah. works to help the other and, you know, to bring in sponsors, you need to obviously provide the whole content suite of, of opportunities and return on investment and all that fun stuff. How do you find that your media skills that you built early in your career translate into your current role? Uh, I think the important thing is about university, when you come out of your course or your degree, to not freak out and go, oh, my God, I have to be a journalist for the rest of my life. That's the cool thing about certain degrees is you develop all these transferable skills, which has enabled me to just switch career paths um, seamlessly. So... Yeah, knowing how media works, I used to edit videos. Um, so knowing, you know, what the partner that we have wants to get out of their content, um, I can probably get to that space a bit quicker. I've got graphic design skills. So designing and producing sponsorship proposals um, is something that I enjoy. So, yeah, it's really cool that, yeah, the skills can transfer into different roles. Especially in motorsport, I find that, you know, the bigger your toolkit, the better off you are. I'm actually, I have the issue of focusing in on, on 
things. Like I like to just continue and try and try something new and try this and try that. And, and I love the process of like the actual process of working yeah. out how to do something new. And then all these like business mentors I work with, they're like, Tanea, just pick two or three things and just do those things. And I'm like, no, let me learn Facebook ads. Let me be a graphic designer. Let me be a videographer. Let me be a producer. Let me do all these things. And whilst that's been a good thing to get to the top of something, you have to narrow in a little bit. And I guess that's what you're doing now with sponsorship in terms of taking all these things you've learned and now narrowing it in. And that's a, that's a, a good bit of advice for, you know, someone who wants to get into you know, what we do, whether it's media or sponsorship, they all sort of intertwine because motorsport's a relatively small game. When you look at you know, like if you're in soccer or if you're in AFL, like we're, we're a small dot on the map. But um, yeah, learning things early in your career is something that will serve you very well. What would you say is your best skill that oh. you learned? The one that transfers the most, something that you're passionate about, but just... For me, it's networking. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. To be able to talk to people and make a connection and learn how to listen, you know? Yeah, I need to get better at learning how I to suck. listen. Sometimes I, I want to one bit, but um, <laughs> sorry to any of my partners that are listening. <laughs> but, yeah, I think networking is so crucial, especially in a niche like motorsport. Um, you know, everyone knows everyone um, and keeping a real tight knit. Community. I think it's a fun part of the job networking. Um, I don't see that as work. I love catching up with people at the track. It's a, it's a highlight of the job. I know you get to watch race cars and that's pretty cool, but the people, you know, behind the scenes are what makes it so great. Um, but, yeah, that's – oh, I'm trying to think of another skill that I have up my sleeve other than networking. I can't steal your skills, but um, – You've got so many. Yeah, so many. for me, I grew up. Not really knowing how to talk to people. I was really shy, introverted, reserved. And I've spent so much time on myself over the years trying to just break that barrier because I thought, well, if I stay like this my whole life, I'm not going to get anywhere, um, especially in the roles that I want to work in. So, yeah, it's taken me a long time to just break out of my comfort zone and, you know, actually just reach out to people. So, I guess uh, being vulnerable is a good thing, I think. 100%. You touched on briefly earlier, obviously your brother is Todd Hazelwood. If people didn't put the two and two together, <laughs> he's a full-time driver in the Repco Supercars Championship for the Blanchard Racing Team. How has it been to be able to obviously work in the sport, but also watch your brother climb the ladders to, you know, the top tier of the sport here in Australia? Yeah, that's a big beast to talk about. Um, you know, I've grown up, Todd's my younger brother um, and I've watched him come through the ranks, you know, racing dirt carts down at Strathalbyn in South Australia to, you know, racing recently at the Adelaide 500. Um, it's so cool that we can, you know, share our love of motorsport um, as a family. You know, mum and dad still come out to the track and sometimes I'm doing my job and, you know, Todd's obviously on track. So it's really special that I have that. My actual family is part of my racing family too. Um, sometimes it can become quite a lot because all we talk about is motorsport and you go, all right, where, <laughs> where's our normal life in all of this? Um, but, yeah, to be able to watch him break through, it's such a – it's a tough sport to get, you know, to the absolute top tier of supercars. Um, I think the story's been told many times with 
mum and my brother flipping snags to raise money to, you know, get Todd on the grid. Um, I've seen some pretty hard times, um, you know, sponsorship involved in all of that. Um, but, you know, he's been able to cut through. He's um, with a really good team this year, so I'm really excited to see, you know, what he can do in the, um, yeah, Blanchard racing team with the new Mustang. Do you think whether consciously or subconsciously your, you know, the struggles of watching Todd and your parents work so hard to find the budget required to get on the grid from sponsors has, you know, helped helped you or, or pushed you towards wanting to work in sponsorship? It's weird because no. Um, I, I always try and separate what Todd does and what I do. Um, I grew up with Todd just teaching him skills like, you know, this is how you use Photoshop, this is how you use Illustrator, um, this is how you create a website. So Todd's been able to take all those skills away and he does everything on his own now. Um, he runs all his own socials. So, um, but yeah, watching all of that growing up, I guess I didn't let that deter me working in sponsorship or it didn't really, um, yeah, it didn't really impact my decision to take this career path. I was really just looking at what am I good at? Um, yeah, and, you know, sponsorship just kind of happened. It just kind of appeared and I thought it'd be crazy to not take this opportunity. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. What is, you know, a day-to-day, what does a day-to-day look like for you being a partnership executive? For those who might not know what that is, give us a little bit of a rundown on, you know, what your core tasks are. Absolutely. Well, Motorsport Australia, we're based um, in Victoria and Canterbury. Um, so I work from the head office. Um, we have roughly about 30 commercial partners at Motorsport Australia. Um, and we work very closely with them on, you know, creating new initiatives with Motorsport Australia. Um, for instance, you know, Super Cheap Auto support our club development fund that give back to car clubs that are affiliated with Motorsport Australia. And we've created some really cool content pieces telling that story. Um, really just focusing on delivering the outcomes um, of their partnership with us, uh, whether it's an activation at a speed series event or, you know, whether it's corporate hospitality at the Australian Grand Prix. Um, My day-to-day, it's probably hard to put in a nutshell what each day looks like because every single day I'm working on something completely different. might be a meeting, uh, you know, an hour away in Melbourne or it could be at an event um, just networking catching up with people so yeah it's um it's such a I think that's what I love about the role every single day is different um for me personally I couldn't be in a role where every single day I'd be stuck behind a desk uh doing the same thing um for me I really need to be just be doing something different every single day learning new skills um what you spoke about is so true um just the love of learning and trying new things that that comes in sponsorship or partnerships definitely and what about your time at matt stone racing i could imagine that there's a lot of listeners that look up to working in a supercars team as being you know the dream i had that dream as a 13 14 year old um just you know it it seemed from the outset not here to burst any bubbles but it's so glamorous you know watching on tv traveling circus (laughs) it really is it really is a glamorous thing absolutely and the cool thing was I had a really busy year that year. I think that was back in 2018. Um, so I started my own business at the time as well as working for Matt Stone Racing and I probably burnt myself out that year. Um, I think I did nearly 30 motorsport events. So I, 
I learned what my burnout mark was. Um, I think if I did supercars alone, looking back and learning from that, um, had an absolute ball with the team. Everyone got along really, really well. Um, obviously, my brother was, that was his debut season in supercars. So it was really special to, you know, take him down to driver signings and, you know, see him living his dream. It was really special. Um, I really enjoyed the role. Um, media, sending out press releases, um, talking to like other teams as well. I've got lifelong uh, friendships from that year working in that supercars environment. So, you know, it's so much fun. Um, you get to travel all around Australia, go to places like Darwin, Townsville, um, Gold Coast, you name it. Um, there's always a new place that you get to go and see. So I had an absolute ball working that year, but uh, any learnings from that was that I did burn myself out and to maybe not do 30 motorsport events uh, in another season. <laughs> yeah, it is a, it's a overwhelming thing. Um, I was 19 in my first season of at GRM and I was sick every two weeks. Like I was, I was really not in a good, a good spot, you know, like looking after yourself and, and like downtime. That's something that I've learned is, is so important. And, that might be, as I say, I'm going into my biggest season ever this year. But I think the the important thing that I can take away from the previous five seasons is you just got to learn to say no. You know, everyone wants, especially when you have so many transferable skills and you can help someone here and help someone there and do this or like you could do something for your brother or something for your job or something for your business. You really just have to say no because it's, it's such a paradox in the sense that you spent you build your career saying yes you build your career saying yes to everything even if you don't want to do it you know you say yes to absolutely everything that comes your way and then you hit sort of this tipping point where you then have to start saying no otherwise you end up burnt out absolutely and you know to reiterate on what you said planning for your year or having that downtime you know, working in a supercars team, you don't fly in on Friday morning when practice starts. You fly in on the Monday or Tuesday. You got, um, you know, you got press tours. You got to do announcements. Um, the driver might have to make an appearance with a sponsor. Um, all that stuff happens in the week leading into the event, not necessarily <laughs> when you're racing. So race day kind of comes and you can relax a little bit, even though the drivers are revved up and ready to go racing. Um, you know, you've just had a massive week delivering all those uh, partnership deliverables, making sure that the driver's okay, making sure that the driver gets to where they need to go on time, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, you don't get time to go, oh, what am I gonna have for lunch today? Uh, how do I plan my meals? Or am I gonna have time to exercise? Like all of that goes, it can go out the window. There's some people that do such a good job and I admire them on how they can meal prep and I would love to get that. <laughs> this is not me I do not fall into that category at all <laughs> hot chips and a red bull for lunch uh oh, the dream. To be my race track diet it's not a good diet but uh yeah I I think there's ways that you can plan um you know your work life balance better but definitely saying no to things when you're at that stage of your career where you get the opportunity to actually be in that position it's um yeah I'm sure it's a really exciting time especially for you to be in that position where you're like all right I've worked myself up I've established myself I can now start saying no to people what <laughs> what's that about it's a it's a bizarre feeling and I'm actually really not that comfortable with it so that's you know that's the next step but I guess 
back on what we were talking about here might be for anyone who wants to work in a supercars team here might be where we burst the bubble of the glamorous lifestyle but in media like it is and I, sh- I assume it's the same in sponsorship it is like you're going to dinner at 7 30 8 o'clock you've been at the track since 6 a.m and you're still pulling out your laptop waiting for your dinner to turn up and sending releases or finishing videos or all that sort of stuff you know it's 14 16 hour days it is a yeah, bubbles been burst, but if you love it, you love it, you know? Yeah, I always I always find that I just have all this energy out of motorsport event. I don't know where it comes from because I don't have that energy at home. But um, it's like I'll, I'll wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, get ready, get to the track, maybe it's 5.30, 6 a.m. Um, sometimes I'm not having dinner until 9 p.m., but then I'll go to bed. I'm like, I'm not even tired. Like where does this energy come from? It's passion. Passion and purpose. Yeah, you're just running on a journey on passion i i love it um i think at the end of the weekend i'm exhausted but you i don't know you push through it and it's a lot of fun and that's why i do it i just um i guess the glamorous side never i don't know when i was growing up motorsport wasn't glamorous we didn't have drive to survive or you know supercars are doing all these great docos uh with teams now i never really saw any of that um i was just always at the track as a young girl and so, oh, this is awesome. I love being around this environment. Um, I was always knackered. Um, <laughs> go home, mum and dad are driving the car and you sit there and you just go, wow, what a day. Um, it's just, yeah, it's always been a lot of fun. Yeah, love that. So let's talk about uh, the Girls on Track program. As yep. I've said before, and anyone who listens to this podcast a lot knows we love it, knows that Priya and I are big fans of what the program advocates for and, and you know, more women, the better, I say. How did, obviously, working for Motorsport Australia, it's been around for a couple of years now. It used to be in a different form with Dare to be Different. Now lives as Girls on Track in line with the FIA uh, programming all around the world. Yeah. How did it sort of come into being a thing and how did you get involved with it? Um, I think for me, I've always kept a close eye on the program. I've never worked directly with the program at Motorsport Australia. Um but I guess my background in motorsport, I guess I do have a quite diverse background given you know, the family involvement, um, working in media and now partnerships. So always gets being consulted on, you know, my thoughts on the program. But um, Priyanka has done an amazing job in how it's running currently. Um, Priyanka is always looking at new ways on how we can expand the program and reach uh, more girls. Last year was just an amazing return of, proper full swing girls on track events. We introduced the pathways program to the girls on track, which allows um, girls, you know, getting out of school or out of university, how to actually directly transfer them into the industry. So my role as a champion of the girls on track program, um, attending those pathways events and talking to young girls about how they want to work in motorsport and, you know, the ones that take it that next step and go, all right, Lauren, it was great catching up with you um how do I get involved you know what do you think we'll sit down with those girls and you know set out a goal sheet and map out you know any work experience opportunities that I hear of um we can get them straight working in the industry Uh, not necessarily into a full-time role but just exposing them to the sport and you know I want to make sure that the girls that are getting involved actually do want to work in motorsport it can be you know it's not glamorous um and you know when I do mentor, I've mentored this girl called Keisha, 
Um, she did work experience with the Suchu Bordeaux wildcard uh, with Declan Fraser and um, Craig Lowndes at Bathurst last year. And she was with the team for a whole week planning their marketing and working closely with both Triple Eight running that wildcard as well as Super Chief Auto. And she came back from that experience. We had a catch up and she's like, I I have no words. Like, thank you so much for that experience. And just to see how she, you know, got involved with the team. Um, She loved that team experience, which I was so glad to hear. Um, I think to work with someone like Craig Lowndes and Declan Fraser is also a very cool opportunity. Um, and Triple Eight as well. So, um, yeah, I guess my role as champion is to steer those girls in the right direction, pardon the pun, um, and make sure that they're happy to, you know, work in this great sport, which they always are. It's, um, yeah, it's a really nice role that I, yeah, real privilege that I can be in that position to teach them and coach them. And looking forward, you know, is your goal with the program to continue to bring these, you know, young girls and young women through to, first expose them to the industry because the bubble does need to be burst first expose <laughs> them um you know show them what the behind the scenes looks like and then get them into roles or, or help them find their path in the sport absolutely and every girl that attends these events are on a completely different journey and i always keep that in mind to actually get to know the person that i'm mentoring um i'm also mentoring another girl that's just come out of high school so you know she's on a different path um she's thinking about i want to work in motorsport but i'm not sure what i want to do or these are what my interests are so you know for instance she's taking a year off out of high school a bit of a gap year to find you know what she wants to do she's going over to the uk and she's going to volunteer at some formula one events so um whereas with this other girl that i mentored um at the Bathurst wildcard experiences she had. um, She's almost finishing her university degree and looking to getting into the workforce. So, um, you know, as long as we get girls that are interested in motorsport and we can show them that path, um, that's my goal is just to expose as many girls as possible to our wonderful sport. I am finding now, having worked professionally in the sport for almost a decade, there are so many more girls out there now than what there were when I first started. Um, I guess for me, I never looked at myself as a female in motorsport or a woman in motorsport. I always just looked at myself as another person wanting to, you know, get my hands dirty and get into it. Um, I've had a really positive experience. Um, I guess my gender's never really made a difference um, in me working in the sport, which, you know, I'm quite happy that I've had that experience, whereas I know some women haven't. So, it's just about creating a safe space for these girls and welcoming welcoming them, yeah, into the world of motorsport. And that, yeah, that's an important thing to to highlight is that while you've had an incredible experience, and my experience was, you know, pretty great too. Like I just just worked out in my head that I've been doing this for eight, you know, nearly nine years this year. So that scares me. I started at sixteen in twenty fourteen, and that's that's a long time to be doing that but I you know I start I count my journey from starting when I first started to volunteer because that's really where you know it's it started for me um yeah and volunteering yeah it's such a great way to get hands-on experience in motorsport um you know we have so many wonderful officials at motorsport Australia um we have nearly 10,000 that are licensed with us that put their hand up and they're in all of the elements. Um, so 
yeah, I applaud you for becoming a volunteer and officiating um, at a motorsport event. Um, for anyone listening, it's such a great way to get first hands-on experience. And, you know, you're volunteering with some people that have been part of the sport for 50, 60 years. Don't be scared to pick their brain, ask questions. Um, they're always willing to have a chat. Um, we love getting more women and younger people involved in becoming an official and volunteering at an event. So. Yeah, it's nice to hear that that's how you started your motorsport journey. And even now, eight years later, I still have people who I met when I was volunteering who are still on the pit wall, who as like walking around with a the camera, they stop me and like I still remember them. And like, you know, we have these like really cool chats at all these different events, whether it's Darwin or, you know, Tasmania. I still know these people. Like I still remember yeah. my first Bathurst, this lady called Michelle was, you know, the pit lane chief and I was on pit lane in a 2016 Bathurst and I still see her at every Bathurst at the six yeah. hour at the 12 hour at at the 1000 like at the international she's at all of them and like that's eight that's eight years and I don't even know how long she's been doing that since then but it's yeah. I just applaud officials because it's not easy you know I oh, I bitch yeah. I bitch and whinge about my 16 hour day <laughs> sitting in an air-conditioned media center, you know, and like these like heroes are standing out on the pit lane and, and holding flags and stuff. Blows my mind, blows my mind. No, they're the real heroes of motorsport. I think I know everyone talks about the drivers being the absolute champions, but um, yeah, the more that we can do to thank our officials for what they do for our sport. I mean, it wouldn't happen if they're not on the pit wall or if they're not scrutinizing the vehicles. Um, enforcing rules and regulations, et cetera. The list goes on and on what they do for our sport. So, yeah, amazing. 100%. So in your almost a decade of being in the sport, I'm sure you love me saying that, (laughs) (laughs) how would you say you've seen, you know, the sport develop in terms of increasing female participation? I would have loved for a program like Girls on Track to be around when I was, I guess, first breaking through. Um, Oh, me too, me too. <laughs> Far out. Um, I guess for me, yeah, I, I just love seeing more women at the track. Um, you know, when I used to attend dirt cart events back in the day, and I think I'm going back like maybe 2005 or 2003 even, there were so many women at off-road events. Um, and then I guess I didn't see that in circuit racing. So I've always, I still don't know the answer to that or why that is. But, um, you know, as a female entering the industry, I had all male mentors um, coming in. So, you know, to now be in a position where I'm a mentor and teaching these girls, you know, this is the ropes, this is what motorsport is and this is what I've experienced in my time, you know, coming through. I wish I had that. Um, And that's what I love about Girls on Track is you can literally approach any of the ambassadors or champions, ask as many questions as you want. Um, You know, we've got Molly Taylor, Jess Dane, Legends of our sport, um, you know, championing, championing for more girls to be involved, um, to be, have that access and ask these girls straight up questions. Um, I think we'll have many more girls, yeah, participating and being part of our great sport. And how crazy is it to think that, you know, a young kid, just a young female just out of high school has basic direct access to Molly Taylor or Justine yeah. <laughs> or Rihanna you know, Charlie, all these women who just like are the the top in terms of female, you know, involvement Absolutely. in the sport, just coming to, to do talks with them and being available to ask questions and, 
you know, being yeah. available on Instagram or Facebook or text or call. It's, yeah, I don't know. I, cause I used to, you know, when I was in that sort of, you know, phase, I used to look at these women and be like, how can I be you? Like, how yeah. can I be you? And now these people can pretty much get it. These young girls involved in girls on track can pretty much get a step-by-step guide on if you do the work, if you do the work, that's the important thing. You don't just click yeah. your fingers. You have to do the work. the work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we want women obviously working in the sport, but you still want the right person for the right job. Um, and it's giving these girls the tools to be that person, to be, you know, skilled enough to be performing at the highest level in these roles. So, you know, when I talk to these girls, we're like, all right, you do have to do, you know, work experience and it's um, it can be a tough path for some people, um, you know, whether you're volunteering or, you're doing unpaid experience with a race team. Um, we've all been there um, at some point in our careers, um, just trying to learn the ropes. But, um, you know, I remember when I was coming into the industry, um, you know, I was leaning on people like Richard Crail to, you know, I admired the way, you know, fellow South Australian, how he was performing at the best of his role. So I was really just picking his brain and he gave me opportunities to, you know, branch out and show my work. So, yeah, it's just nice that this mentors, yeah, in the sport that are willing to give back to people coming through. And that's also important to note that just because, you know, we're all about increasing female participation, it doesn't mean that there aren't incredible men in our industry who also want to bring more females in and regardless of gender, also just want to help craft the next, you know, generation of, of media or sponsorship or, you know, mechanics or whatever it is. It's incredible how much everyone seems to want to help absolutely everyone's on board for more people being involved in motorsport generally um we are a smaller sport to say afl or cricket or um soccer um so yeah to have everyone like rallying around new people in the sport is what i love it doesn't matter who you are or what you do or where you're from um you'll be fully embraced and that's why i love it it's so diverse and so welcoming 100 percent on the contrary to that, what would you say the biggest struggles we face are in terms of getting more women involved, getting more females to want to, you know, come join our big crazy psycho family? <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes back to that we are a smaller sport, so there are less roles available in the industry. Um, I think it's also about education, teaching people that, you don't have to just work in media or be a driver. Um, you could be a physiotherapist. Um, you could be an engineer. So talking about the different pathways that are available, even being a travel coordinator for a race team and booking flights for people, um, all those roles exist in motorsport. Being an accountant, um, bills need to be paid in motorsport. Um, you know, it's just about education that any role that you can think of, it's in motorsport. Um, you just might not think that that is the direct link and I love all of those like categories of jobs you called out because <laughs> on this on this podcast we've spoken to you know women who already are doing that who are already you know being and seeing and doing in those categories you know you've got Nicole yeah. Bryant who is the WAU physio she travels to all the events and you know if if Chaz Most has got a knot in his leg you know she gets rid of it You've got <laughs> Romy Mayer, who has been on this podcast, who is a engineer, 
uh, at Triple Eight. You've got Sharice Bristow, who's a travel coordinator at Triple Eight. You've got Sally Parkinson, who works with GRM and does all their travel and media and comms and just any role you can think of. There's a, a you know, there's a female doing it. There's a female excelling in that sport. And I don't know about you, but I couldn't have said that, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. No, I agree. Even our CFO at Motorsport Australia, um, Charlotte, you know, strong female working at, you know, a very, very um, high level in our organisation. So, yeah, while it's important we've got women working in the industry, um, having women in those senior um, positions is also very important. 100%. What would you say, you touched on your mentoring before, but what would you say the most rewarding part of your job is? Oh, I think the most rewarding part of my job, and this might sound really, really cheesy, but seeing a smile on someone's face after that you've, you've accomplished a role that was super challenging and that person then in return is like, thank you so much, we're stoked. Um, you know, whether it was Keisha at Bathurst with her work experience, she had a smile in the rain all week, all week. She was just loving life. Um and just to see her be that happy, it brought me a lot of joy. Um, or, you know, working with sponsors and they're happy with something that, you know, an idea that's come to life. Um, they're the most rewarding things. I think it, I'm probably more of a people person. So, you know, seeing other people have joy in work that I've been able to work on them with, um, that makes me happy. Amazing. I guess it's probably results-based as well. I mean, when you work in a race team and you, you get a win or you know, you do well, um, that's obviously a reward too. For sure. Because you see, you know, all the blood, sweat and tears that go into achieving, you know, that third or that second or that race win. It's Absolutely. Yeah. So one final question from me, uh, and I thank you so much for your time today. It's been an awesome chat. But what would you say is your advice for women who want to get into motorsport? Well, I think that... Becoming a Motorsport Australia official is a great way to get first hands-on experience um, at an event. You can learn so many different roles from administration to being trackside. If you want to be a mechanic, you can become a scrutineer. The roles are so endless um, and it's completely free. So I think if you're unsure on what you want to do um, and where you want to be, becoming an official is a great way to do that. Um, I also think if you're a young girl and are able to attend a Girls on Track Inspire or Pathways event is also a great way to yeah, learn about the different roles that we have in our sport. I know we've briefly spoken about it, but I know for me, I've spent so many years trying to work out, you know, what do I want to do when I'm older? I'm still trying to work that out, but I'm sure I'll probably change careers 10 more times until I retire. But um you know, just finding yourself and finding your feet, finding your niche in the sport that you want to, you know, work in and hopefully that's motorsport. Um, but, yeah, just really finding what you're good at and just hone in on it and make it – it'll happen, you know. It's uh, – yeah, you can be living your dream. Amazing. Awesome advice. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time on the Girls on the Grid podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to see you trackside real soon. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Tanea, and take care. Really great to hear from Lauren. So thank you, Lauren, for joining us on the podcast. So what is going on in the world of motorsport at the moment? I think it's insane. It's all happening. Um, It's definitely well and truly underway. We've got the 12 hour coming up. Quite exciting. It's kind of the first year, I think, 
kind of pre-COVID where it's probably going to feel a bit more normal. I mean, we had it last year, but it wasn't as big of a field. It was a little bit quieter with the internationals. So um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'll definitely be watching it. But other than that, um, we're just waiting for the season to start. Obviously, as I've mentioned in the previous podcast, we're waiting for these Gen 3 cars. It is just the biggest thing going on in my life at the moment. Um, I just want these Gen 3 cars to be done so I can go and start making some content. But thank you all so much for listening. Um, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember to follow us on our socials. We do have a TikTok page now. Um, I think we did have one for a bit. So it's really confusing. Okay, there's two TikTok pages. One of them I got locked out of and I don't know what to do about it. So there's two. But um, the one that we're most active on is the one that we're using. So we have a TikTok and we have a Twitter as well. Um, I'm still kind of figuring out Twitter. So bear with me. But yeah, definitely go give us a follow on both if you haven't yet. But thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a great week and you'll hear from us next week. You've just listened to another Network R production.